and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm pretty excited about our show today. This is the first time that we're actually going to be speaking to someone about Kabbalah. Our guest today is David Giam, and he is the course teacher for Kabbalah One, and it is the first ever master class in personal transformation based on the ancient wisdom of Kabbalah. So welcome, David. Let's get right into our show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to um, talk about this because I, I have um, a little bit of experience with uh, Kabbalah or maybe, maybe a certain uh, teaching in, in the Kabbalistic healing uh, realm. I had a teacher of mine who did train down in New York City uh, with someone who um, taught her about a Kabbalistic healing. So I'm not exactly sure if it's the same thing, but I've gotten a couple of, um, you know, trainings in the tree of life and understanding, uh, the different parts of that and how one can use that in healing. So I am just, I'm just fascinated by it. Um, I remember my teacher saying that, uh, my energy really resonated with Kabbalah. So, and this, you're really the first person that I've had the opportunity to talk to about this. So I am really excited to be a student right now and to learn a whole lot more. So, yeah. So why don't you Amazing. fill us in a little bit on, uh, on Kabbalah? Well, where should I start? Where would you feel is the best way to start? There's so much to share about this topic. I know. There really is. Um, well, why don't we start off by actually... Maybe you could start by letting people know a little bit more about the background of of what it is. Okay, great. So a lot of people have misconceptions about what Kabbalah is. And the simple explanation is Kabbalah is universal spiritual wisdom that basically explains the rules to the game of life for every soul in this world. And the idea is that in the same way that we have physical laws in our world, laws of gravity that all of us, for example, have to abide by, there are spiritual laws as well. Spiritual laws behind relationships, behind business, behind healing, behind human consciousness. Uh, you're essentially learning the DNA technology of the soul. This wisdom existed since the beginning of time. The major figures who brought this wisdom to the world uh, was Abraham primarily. Eventually, this wisdom was packaged in different ways that, that fostered many different religions. But Abraham, Moses, even Jesus, these were people who were incredibly well-versed and understood the entire roadmap and secrets to the wisdom of Kabbalah. But whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, people have taken this wisdom in certain ways and created different modalities out of it, which is, which is good because every soul in this world requires a different path by which to fulfill their purpose. So when a person learns Kabbalah or when people come to my classes, whether it's a live class or, or, or the online or the master class, uh, like, for example, in Los Angeles, I teach a live course, probably about 150 to 200 people will, will attend the course. Every religion is there. 
every background, every culture, atheist, doesn't matter. They come to study Kabbalah because it helps them understand every facet of their lives. And it helps them understand their religion as well. I've given these seminars uh, in churches and mosques and temples all around the world as well. And it simply enhances their understanding of how to connect to that realm of miracles, to the realm of what we call the light of the creator, which is the fulfillment that all of us are looking for. Uh, so basically, when you start to learn Kabbalah, you start to have a system, an exact system of how to live life. And is, is Kabbalah based out of Jewish uh, mysticism? So that's one of the misconceptions. Okay. Because to yeah. understand, to, under, to, to, to accurately answer that question, uh, you know, Abraham passed this uh, wisdom down through a lineage. And that was about 4,000 years ago. Moses, who, was, who, who came to this world 3,400 years ago, what Moses gave to the world wasn't a religion. Uh, the idea of the Jewish religion didn't exist then either. What Moses brought to the world, which was the Bible, had four levels to the Bible, or also known as the Old Testament. These four levels, when you understood its essence revealed the practical secrets of life. If you read the Bible literally, it would make no sense. It, it, it would not be something practical for all of us to be able to reveal fulfillment. But if you learn the deeper part of the Bible, the deepest part of the Bible is called Kabbalah. It's the secrets of the Bible. If you learn the Kabbalah, you understood the DNA of life. You understood how energy works. You understood how to handle yourself in a challenging or painful situation and overcome chaos. That was essentially what Moses brought to the world, a universal spirituality. Later on, uh, without going into all the historical reasons why, the religion of Judaism was formed and these Jews did hold on to the wisdom of Kabbalah. So back then, the Jews were very spiritual beings and they had the wisdom of Kabbalah that helped them create miracles and have fulfillment in their lives back then. As time went on, uh, the, the whole idea of religion changed thousands of years later. And so the, the religions as we know them today weren't as we understood them thousands of years ago. It was much more spiritual back then. Today, it, it, it's less spiritual. It's less about tr personal transformation uh, and more maybe about other things. But that's kind of why people think, well, it's a Jewish thing. No, there, there, were, there were a group of people called Jews who, who were the ones who held on to this wisdom and disseminated this wisdom. But this wisdom predated even the Jewish religion. Okay, great. Thank you. And like I said, I'm, I'm a student here and I'm, I'm learning a little bit more. And my, my experience was, um, like I said, she, she taught us this uh, healing technique that she was taught within the tree of life, she said. And the healing was called the healing of imminence, was, which was basically the healing of unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And so she said, um, and th the other thing that I remember her saying was, because I I'm a bit of an intellect and I really love to like study things and, you know, really absorb things within the mind. She said, oh my gosh, I think you would eat, um, you know, Kabbalism up because it just kind of has a lot of that science and stuff, you know, behind it. Um, but in, in the teaching, it was more experiential and she was teaching us really how to hold this level of energy of unconditional love and kind of seeing the person laying there on this massage table within the tree of life. And, you witnessing them as if God would and seeing them as if 
I mean, really that when you're, when you're holding them in that conditional love, it's as if you are in the presence of God and you are loving them as he loved us and they are loving you back. And it's really moving into a space of energy of complete unconditional love. So I don't know exactly what it is that I taught, but it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> and I don't know if there's a piece of that in there. Yes, um, yes, okay. yes. So, ba- so basically what you shared is a small piece of the totality of this wisdom. So if I had to go on a macro level, if I take the big picture bird's eye view of what Kabbalah is, right. Kabbalah basically says, every soul came to this world with a purpose. We all have certain layers of negativity, which because of these layers of negativity, we are disconnected from our source, disconnected from what we call the light, the eminence of the creator. Uh, If a person is connected to the light of the creator, they will have miracles, they will have fulfillment, they will find their soulmate, they can heal anything, they have answers to questions. The, the darkness goes away. When you connect to the spiritual light of the creator, even the physical darkness in your life will go away. So how do you connect with this light? Well, every soul came to this world disconnected from this light fully. And so our job is to earn that connection. Well, how do you earn it? And that goes back to our negativity. We all came to this world with different fears, different negative traits, different blockages. And our responsibility first and foremost, is to transform those things. Literally, our job is to become like the Creator. Whatever the Creator's qualities are, we have to emulate those qualities. Well, how do we do that? That's that's the beautiful idea of why so many people are in this world, because the relationships that we have with people, their primary function is actually to help us see what we need to change. Right, Because when I'm by myself, I feel very spiritual. The minute I'm with one other person or my spouse or my kids or, you know, I'm interacting with other people, that's when the challenges start. That's when people start bothering you. That's when people start pressing your buttons. That's when you start to see what you're afraid of. That's when, that's when you start to see your anger, your hatred, judgment, control, jealousy, sadness. All the fears start to come up. And instead of blaming the people who brought it out, You have to realize that that the Creator puts you in scenarios with those people because those people are supposed to highlight that cavity within your soul. So it's like when you go to the dentist and he pokes around your teeth and then he touches a tooth that's a cavity and it's very painful. You don't punch the dentist in the face and say, you know, don't touch that tooth. Why are you causing me pain? The dentist is simply highlighting something that's in you that needs to change. And if it doesn't, it's going to bring chaos. We don't blame the dentist. He is the person who found it. He's the person who is showing us what we need to change. So when a person makes that transformation, which is hard, it's very hard to change, the light of healing will come, the light of everything will come. So we have tools to help us transform. And we have, you know, now we're going more micro level. So the idea of visualization, the idea of meditation, the idea of using our consciousness for good and not for bad is one of the tools that aids us in that transformational process. But a lot of people sometimes just do meditation or they do visualization and, uh, and, and they don't get the totality of the energy because the true purpose is true transformation of everything inside of you that is blocking you. 
All right. So let me ask you another question. And this, this goes a little bit into the tree of life. So if people who are listening, if they're by a computer and they want to actually Google tree of life, Kabbalah, you'll see these images that come up and mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of circles that are interconnected. Yeah. Um, another thing, and, and maybe you can, um, you know, talk a little bit about what does this represent? You know, there's these different circles here and they're, they're all interconnected. But one thing that I learned again from this other teacher was the connection between, um, Hesed and Gavora, I believe if I'm pronouncing those correctly. Sure. And, um, how I came to understand a little bit, if you hold that within the tree of life energetically, and I'm speaking probably more from like an energy healer perspective is learning how to hold the duality of life. So being able to hold something that is, uh, very beautiful and loving, and then also holding maybe the energy of stuff that just feels like, ugh, and learning how to sit within those two energies, um, together where it could feel like there's maybe a lot of chaos. And then on the other end of that, it's about, of, um, containing that chaos. Right. So, um, maybe we can talk a little bit about about that in the tree of life. Sure, sure. So the tree of life, it's a very simple concept. Uh, The idea is that in the same way a parent who has a child, uh, let's say that child becomes 18 years old and the parent is a very wealthy parent. And that that father says, my 18-year-old child, you know, I want to now give to you all that I've earned in my life, billions of dollars in jewels and pleasures and everything now it's yours. What would happen to this child? Even though this child desires all these things, and even though this child ultimately wants to receive all of these things in his life, if that child receives all of that pleasure and all that energy when he turns 18, it's going to destroy him. And we see that. We see children who actually enter depression or, or, or suicide or drugs or hatred for their parents, parents who give them too much that they haven't earned themselves. All right, what's the moral of that story? The creator, when he created us, the goal was that we would receive everything. That's the goal, to receive all the pleasures in this world. But if we were born with these pleasures, if we were born with all this energy, it would actually destroy us. We wanted to go through a process of earning everything. Everything. That's why a person's not born with their soulmate, right? You got to go find, you got to earn, you got to go through heartbreak and different relationships and grow and mature. And eventually you find someone that you can partner with. Business is the same way. People, there are no accidental millionaires and billionaires. You really have to work hard and earn everything that's good in this world. And the world is designed that way. You must earn. So the way the creator designed it energetically is instead of that light entering our world directly, that pleasure entering our world directly, there are 10 dimensions. There are many more than dimensions, but let's just say there's 10, where the light filters through each 10 as it comes down to our world. And by the time that light gets to our world, it's very dim. It's kind of like the sunlight. If we were directly connected to the sun, we would burn up. But we have an ozone layer and we have the space between the sun and us, which by the time the rays of the sun get to us, we can handle it. And even then we can get sunburn if we expose that energy, which is the positive energy in the wrong way. So the tree of life basically represents those 10 dimensions between us and the creator. Our job is to climb the tree of life, to earn the light that's in each dimension. 
And that happens gradually as we transform and overcome our challenges. So whenever you hear somebody saying, you know, connect to the tree of life, it really means get out of your negativity, get out of your doubts, your fears, your hatred, your blame, just get out of it because you're stuck. You're going to stay stuck in these lower dimensions where the light of the creator doesn't exist. Now, you brought up something very advanced. I usually don't talk about it in, in, a, in maybe an introductory uh, conversation, but you talked about chesed and givurah. So not to confuse our listeners, but really what it means is you just talked about two attributes, mercy and judgment, two pole opposite attributes that our purpose in life is to master the positive sides of mercy and the positive sides of, of judgment. Because if you have either one of them, too much or too little, it's gonna cause chaos. So for example, mercy, which is the desire to share with someone, if you share too much with someone, you can destroy them. They won't appreciate you. You can, you can smother them and, and, and actually drown them in energy. Judgment represents that ability, to, the positive aspect of judgment is when you set boundaries with people when you ascertain what's right or wrong, when you can say no to something that you know is bad for you. So that's a good type of judgment. The bad type of judgment is when it's like selfish, when it's, when it's you're judging someone, hatred, when it's, when it's you're very negative, skeptical, pessimistic, that can really hold you back. So, so mastering the positive side of judgment, which is called givura, is part of our spiritual work, and mastering the positive side of mercy which is chesed, is part of our spiritual work. So we learn in Kabbalah how to find the balance and the power within each attribute. Because if you don't have balance, you're going to have chaos. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope that was a helpful, helpful explanation. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and it puts it into the explanation, you know, too, of... Of just understanding, like you were talking about, that balance. And those those are two pretty important things in life, mercy and judgment. You know, I think everyone mm-hmm. can relate to that. Um, so what are you finding with people coming to you and taking your courses? And, you know, I know that you've been, God, teaching so many different people. You're doing one-on-one spiritual coaching with people. And, you know, you have your online studies. What are you finding um, in regards to people coming to you? What are they searching for and what do they get out of learning about this? Great question. Uh, A lot of people come to Kabbalah um, once they've tried so many different things. Uh, Sometimes I even tell people, you know, you should actually try different spiritualities and and different uh, self-help courses because they are very powerful and they help you transform. I've noticed a lot of people come to Kabbalah once they've tried a lot of things. They want something all-encompassing, something very deep but practical that kind of puts it all together. That's what Kabbalah does. And I've taught this course live probably over a thousand times. And uh, so many people, what I've experienced, like I teach a 10-week course, an hour each week. I've noticed by the third week, a person's life has completely transformed. Like that's my promise to them. And it doesn't matter how spiritual they are, how much spiritual background they have. What they will learn, I guess, within three hours, which I know it's kind of a bold statement, is they, this light bulb goes off. And what people tell me is, you know, I wish I knew this when I was 12 years old. I would have done everything differently. I would have made decisions differently. I would have had relationships differently. 
I would have treated my spouse differently. I would have treated my ex-wife differently. I would have entered the business world differently. Because at the end of the day, there's so many decisions we're making on a daily basis. And if we make those decisions with the right consciousness and the right knowledge of what's going on on a soul level when we make those decisions, we can avoid so much pain and suffering. So we just learned the details that few people are talking about. Uh, and that's what's really powerful for people. I was invited, I think, six months ago to, to, to give a spiritual training to executive coaches, about 50 top executive coaches. And they had a two-day seminar. And I was two hours of that two-day seminar. So they, they flew me in. And my job was to bring the spiritual angle of the knowledge they know already, but they don't know the spiritual side of it. And it was so mind-blowing for them. And these are experts in the field. They have 20 years. They got practices. They got thousands of clients. And we learned Kabbalah, and it really helped take their knowledge of life to a whole new level. So that's what people learn. People learn the details of the details of the why of the soul and what's going on in their lives. And that's a really powerful thing for people. Well, and, and let's go back a little bit more to your younger years, which um, will probably clue our audience in a little bit more about how you earned your first million dollars in the stock market when you were 15 years old. Uh, <laughs> and well, how this kind of uh, led into some of this stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I was a kind of a hustler and I was a teenager and I, I knew I wanted a lot out of life. I didn't know how to do it. So I tried everything and was making money, ridiculous amounts of money when I was young. Uh, but it was, it was like monopoly money. You know, it's like you don't even know what was going on. When I was 15 years old. I'm making like 10,000 bucks a day. Right. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't good for me. It wasn't healthy. And that's when an uncle introduced me to Kabbalah. I was a 15-year-old in a class of, like, all adults, and but, but it blew my mind when I learned what it was at the age of 15. I, I came to a class, I said, oh, my God, this is so powerful. This is going to help me receive everything I want in life. I don't have to guess anymore. I don't have to, like, stumble through the dark. So I started to learn Kabbalah. I made money, lost money, a lot of stuff happened, but I started to have peace of mind and balance in my life. I started to operate different than my teenage peers. Uh, even through college. I graduated early, and by the time I was 19 years old, I, 1920, I decided that instead of going down the business path, which was my dream, I wanted to go down a path of teaching. So I, I became a full-time volunteer, and I started to travel the world to teach Kabbalah. And that started at the age of 19. That was about 16, 17 years ago. So that's been a very powerful thing for me. I, I have my own business as well. So I, I, I have my feet in both worlds today. But Kabbalah is the primary thing, my primary focus, to try to bring this wisdom to the world and to help as many people as, as I can. So can you maybe share um, maybe one personal story of how Kabbalah really did change your life and why it was it became such a moving force for you to want to spread this um, throughout? Like, was there a defining moment for you in part of the, the spiritual teaching that that clicked and you said, OK, this, this this is what it's about? OK, great question. I think so many things are running through my mind, but if I had to go back to the early years, the game-changing thing was, especially as a teenager, but this is also across the board with all types of people, adults as well, 
we wake up in the morning and all we want to do is kind of take, right? We want to take, we want to receive. That, that's, that's it. We want to receive from, from our partner. We want to receive from our clients. We want to receive from our customers. You know, uh, we, we want to receive from our audience. It's all about receiving. And I remember in my early years, that's what a relationship was for me. It was like, well, what can I get from this person, right? I'm going to interact with this person because I can receive something from them. Kabbalah explains you came to this world to be the creator, not to be the receiver. By being the creator, you'll receive everything. It's kind of a paradox. So it shifted my mind and my focus became, how can I just add value? Instead of looking and having an agenda all the time of what I could take, which was very draining, and the host of fears come and sickness comes with that mentality. I said, you know what? I want to add value. I want to increase what I share and minimize what I'm looking to receive from people. So this was the beginnings of my spiritual journey with Kabbalah. I shifted the way I think, you know. Today when I meet successful business people in the business world, I sit down with them. And the first thing I say is, look, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care if I receive anything from you. I want to spend this 45 minutes to just find, add value to you. I'm not looking for a commission. I'm not looking for a fee. I'm not looking for you to do anything for my business. I, I genuinely want to add value to you. And it's not a gimmick. It's, I know if I act that way, my frequency with the creator becomes one. Now, of course, the result is that everybody wants to give to you something, fine. But we're not looking for that part. This was probably one of the most powerful lessons I learned, which is how can I just go around adding value? Well, what about me? Who's going to give to me? That thought must be removed. Because if you truly act like the creator, the creator will make sure you're taken care of and the miracles will be unending. But everybody's afraid, right? Everybody's afraid of what they're going to have or not have. So, you know, they... they, they I know people who close their heart, who don't want to give 100% in their relationship because they're afraid. They're afraid of getting hurt. They're afraid of being controlled. They're afraid of getting stuff stolen from them. You know, it's there. It's prevalent. This is, we all have it. I have it. But most powerful thing that helped me was not to have fear anymore and to change my paradigm of why I'm in this world. I'm not here to take. I will receive everything as long as I make it my focus to give all the time. And here's another thing about giving. Giving doesn't mean that I flood someone with energy. Giving for some person can be, I set boundaries with them. I'm tough on them. If my kid asks me for something, if my kid says, dad, can you buy me some cocaine? I'm not going to be like, wow, well, you know, let me, I'm a giver. So let me give, <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be very tough, but I'm going to be tough because I care about him. Not because I'm upset or I took it personally, or I'm tough because I'm trying to prove something, all right? It can't be about you. We make everything about us. We make everything personal. So Kabbalah teaches you how to transform that process and be tough with people, set boundaries, be strong, but not do it from a place of insecurity and fear, which, I, which so many of us do, myself included, we all do it. And that's what's causing us chaos. So that's probably the most, one of the most powerful lessons for me personally. Yeah, and I would have to agree with you. I mean, I, I love having a podcast because I get to talk to a variety of different people. And I would say that um, some of the more enlightened beings um, that I have spoken to, people who have gone through near-death experiences, uh, people who are really 
just uh, getting and understanding what it means to live more in love than fear. I mean, everyone is saying exactly what you said. And, and everybody says it in a different way. Um, you know, how can I add value? I've heard so many people say that I wake up every morning and I ask God, how may I serve? You right. know, um, other people say, how can I be an instrument of your will? Um, and so, I, yeah, I mean, it's like, again, it, you know, I have this, this great, this great job to be able to keep hearing the same message over and over, you know, from all of my guests that come on the show. And, exactly everything that you just said. It's like trying to walk more in trust, uh, in love than fear and no longer looking to really, I think, operate more from that ego, um, sense of self of saying, what can I get? What's in it for me? How will I benefit? And it's truly opening up to, uh, that energy of, like you said, giving, but not being taken advantage of but wholeheartedly just not always trying to get something out of everything. Correct. Correct. Very good. Awesome. Good stuff, David. All right. So <laughs> let's, let's tell people a little bit about where they can um, find you, uh, where your information is. Uh, talk a little bit more about Kabbalah One and uh, how people can, you know, buy the course. And if they're interested to learn more, where they can uh, get this information. Sure. So for, for the longest time, we've, we've had great courses, live courses in the major cities all around the world in the Kabbalah Center. So I'm based in Los Angeles. Every couple of months, I open a course. Uh, it's great. You know, we've been doing it for decades, and it's worked very well. Uh, people around the world who want this wisdom can't access it in one of these local physical centers. So we finally recorded professionally uh, full Kabbalah one, and we created a beautiful masterclass out of it. And I've only heard positive things about it for the last couple of months since it's been out. So it's kabbalahone.com, K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H-O-N-E.com. And it is uh, not only a recording of my live classes, but probably another 20 or 30 small clips. So if you want to learn just in small bite size, snack size classes, you can do so as well. And bottom line is what I just tell people is you try it. First three classes will change your life. It takes about three classes for it to really hit home. By the sixth or seventh class, you know, you're learning content you've never learned before in your life. Uh, so it, it, that's just a powerful experience. And there's a lot of other positive benefits that come with uh, taking the master class as well but that's kind of the high level understanding of it and how long is the course in itself um like how many how many teachings are there do you have great question it's actually not that long so one of the things that i try to do is i know people don't have that much time and they our mind is wandering all the time so i try to make it super entertaining super fun and funny sometimes and and engaging so it's a 10 45 minute sessions so each session is about 45 minutes and you've got 10 of them in the master class and then the bite-sized classes are like 24 minute bite-sized classes so you can kind of go in any combination you want and uh just listen to it in your car listen to it when you're at the gym however you like and i promise you it's super we're super engaging. You'll enjoy it. And very affordable, $150. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the, someone told me yesterday, they said, look, $150, so for some people that's a lot. After he took the course, he said, I would have, 
if I had known how powerful it was for me, I would have easily paid over $1,000 for that course. So we make it affordable so just everybody can listen to it and learn it. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization, so it's not about the money. Uh, mm-hmm. And even if somebody can't afford it, right, they can reach out to us and we'll find a way to get it to them. But, but yeah, everyone who buys the class is also supporting the nonprofit uh, aspect of the organization. And for those people who really can't stand to learn online and they need that physical interaction, they want to be across from you in a room, feeling your energy, you know, hearing you talk and having more of that live experience. Where are the centers? You said you're based out of Los Angeles. Right. So I'm in Los Angeles. The major ones are L.A., Miami, New York and Chicago. So if anybody wants to come live with me, I think my next one is August 28th. It's a Wednesday night. First night is actually free. So everybody comes and brings their friends. We usually have a packed room. So if anybody's local to me in L.A., you know, love to have them. And even if they can come up to me and tell me that uh, they came from from your podcast, that's that'll be wonderful. Uh, so anybody wants to come join, it'll be free at 7 p.m. Wednesday, August 28th, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And where is that actually at the physical destination? So that's at the uh, phys- the physical location is the Kabbalah Center in Los Angeles. It's oh, okay. 10, 1062 South Robertson Boulevard. Okay. And if people are want to look for the address on, in New York City, I mean, that's closest to us. Where would we get that information? Just Google Kabbalah Center plus your city name and okay. something will pop up. Yeah, and there it is. All right. Okay. Well, I know that we are a little short on time today. So, David, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Path Loving Podcast. And I'm glad that we had a chance to at least cover a small piece of Kabbalah, if nothing else, to be able to get people interested in it, let them look it up, find out more information about it, and hopefully it will touch uh, more lives. I super appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Path 11 podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed this show. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon page, I'd like you to do so because we are going to start putting some content over there that is only for our Patreon subscribers. You can get content for as little as donating a dollar a month, and it could just be a one-time donation. We have other freebies over there that you can get depending upon how much you would like to donate. And again, it could be a one-time donation, or you can continue to keep your subscription on a monthly basis at that donation level, but I just put my MBT immersive experience, which was a four-day intensive meditation training in Tennessee with physicist Tom Campbell. I was listening to binaural beats, going to altered states of consciousness, having out-of-body experiences and life-changing experiences that I was able to bring back uh, for myself, for my clients, for my friends that was just out of this world. So if you would like to listen to that, I'd like you to head on over to path11podcast.com. You're going to see an orange button that says Patreon. Become a Patreon today and you can have access to that podcast. And I would like to remind you to head on over to path11productions.com and check out the membership that we have for the Afterlife Awareness Conference. We have over 25 hours of footage with amazing speakers like William Buhlman, Thomas John, Terry Daniel, Suzanne Geisman, Suzanne Northrup, Linda Fitch, uh, Austin Wells, just a few people uh, to name off 
off that were amazing. These workshops are just so valuable. So I think that you would really enjoy it. It's also a great thing to think about to maybe give the gift to somebody who is struggling with grief. If you are looking for resources, this is a great conference to send people to to check out. And thanks again for listening today. 